filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, no preamble this week. That was the theme song. It is your buddy Gavin. And boy, do I have a treat for you. In the studio, my wife, the artist formerly known as Cindy Harrington, and on the phone, in the West Coast, in the Subaru sound booth, unofficial sponsor of the week, it's a great day for a Jeremy Johnson sighting. Jeremy Johnson, what's up, my man? The world is burning. <laughs> First of all, say hi to Cindy, too. Hello, Cindy. Hello. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Jeremy. So, Jeremy, I feel like there's been a number of times over the course... I have no notes, by the way, everybody. Zero notes. I don't, well, think, I don't, I don't, need, any. I don't think we need them today. I'm going to set it up like this. Jeremy and I have had many conversations on this podcast about the end of the world, end of days, end of society, usually mainly tongue-in-cheek. The past week, the past day, the past six hours have given me pause to think that maybe frogs actually will rain from the heavens (laughs) and maybe the earth will implode. Tom Brady makes an announcement today that he's leaving the Patriots I'm in Southie, a.k.a. South Boston, where Cindy and now I live. It's St. Patrick's Day proper, the 17th. Top of the morning to you. Never mind. Everything's closed because we have a corona shutdown. So, yeah. Where do we even start? Jeremy, I will start with you on the West Coast. Where do you want to start? Uh, Well, things started (laughs) ramping up here last week. Um, And... I was dealing with something where I was worried that I had it. Oh, no. And, um, like, last Monday, I, you know, my body was a little sore, but I had, like, run on Saturday and played soccer on Sunday. I had a headache, but I didn't bring my water bottle to work, so I didn't get enough water. You know, like, I didn't get enough sleep Sunday night. So, like, Monday, I just felt like general crap increasing throughout the entire day. And then it kind of broke, and Tuesday, I was just kind of off. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I was like, man, I got this frog in my throat. I got, I feel like there's something under my Adam's apple, Ooh. and it was like all week. And I didn't have a fever, but like here, I was walking around thinking like, I'm freaking patient zero. I'm going to give it to everybody <laughs> I'm working with. I'm giving it to my family. Like, and like, then fr- uh, Friday... I, I went to work. I just started a new job. I, I'm on a, a movie, and it was the first week of the movie, and we were prepping the first set that was to shoot Monday morning, and we got the call at the end of the day that, because all, all productions everywhere were shutting down. All the all the big corporations, the first ones to do it, and mine's a self funded movie, mm. so they weren't they're not bound by like an umbrella corporation, and. Within, like, a matter of, like, 48 hours, like, every single member of the industry was unemployed. Wow. Yeesh. And, no, it's not like, nor- like, we're unemployed all the time, but, like, it's like, hey, man, you got a gig, what are you working on, who's on that show, we play the hustle. Like, there's nothing going on there's right no now. Action. There's no jobs. Yeah. And I don't even want to work. Right. Well, that's the like, other thing. It's like, you want to work to make money, but you don't want to work because you don't, I mean... We're all just yeah. we're all just card carrying potential viruses right now. So Friday, I was on my way home from this like shocking turn of events, 
and welcome turn events and like I started coughing mm. and you know it's dry cough like I'm clearing my throat I'm like I can't get rid of it and like I got a guy next to me in the truck and I'm like wow well I hope he doesn't know anybody old <laughs> and I'm laughing because like, like that's true wow because it's like what the hell like how you know there's no test right you know so like Saturday morning, Friday in the middle of the night, I woke up like coughing like crazy. Oh no! And I took some Nyquil, and I texted my boss because I was supposed to work Monday and Tuesday to wrap things up. Yeah. And I texted my boss. I was like, "Look, I might be patient zero. I'm <laughs> sick. I'm not. I'm not coming in." And so, while the the world was closing in on me, I also felt like I had let the superbug into the gates already, and. I was freaking out. Yeah. Understandably. I don't blame you. But So, like, I was sleeping in different, you know, my wife was sleeping on the couch. We were doing separate bathrooms. I was trying to sanitize everything. It was, like, trying the best we can to, like, keep separate, although we're totally commingled. You know, we live in a small apartment. Yeah, it's not a big spot. And we have a toddler spot. that's yeah. just going to be passing everything between us, you know. Like... I could do all the doorknobs and light switches that I want, but like I touched the play doh and then she did too. Not you know to be I mean? not like, to be a like, jerk about the whole Rudy Gobert Utah Jazz touching everything, but a toddler is basically a small version of Rudy Gobert touching every reporter's microphone. <laughs> uh, I know. You know, and so yeah, toddlers are supposed to do that. Rudy Gobert's not, which is why it's funny slash incredibly infuriating all at once for well like the only thing that like makes you feel good when you've got a kid that you love beyond your own life is to be with them right. in yes. a situation like this so like all i want to do is hug her and squeeze her and kiss her and all she wants she can tell something's wrong oh, so yeah. like she's being super clingy and like oh. we just kind of like we're like well you know <laughs> if this is it this is it and you know we're just gonna sort it out and and then um Last night, I I start I had this like pressure under my Adam's apple in my upper lungs that just like would not quit. Yeah. And last night it kind of broke a little bit. Okay. And then I didn't have to take any Nyquil to like cough suppressant to stay asleep. And um, I woke up this morning with some energy. So I either had the bug and was one of the healthy people that beat it pretty quickly, or more than likely. I did not have it because I never had a fever. Yeah. So the anxiety is broken, and now I can actually look at the world from the perspective of our little family unit and then the rest of the planet outside. Right. And speaking of that planet, I mean, Cindy works in healthcare. So they're... <laughs> Gavin and I were giving each other a lot of knowing looks while you were saying yeah. all of that. Yeah, we, won't have to re- we don't have to recant our experience because you basically just hit the nail on the head. Um, yeah, and I'll just do a real quick one. Started a new job, and it involves people being in groups together. And um, four weeks in, had to shut down that for the rest of the semester. Um, yeah. On Wednesday last week, I'm in Florida trying to tell a bunch of kids we'll try to save their season. And within 36 hours, the NCAA tournament was canceled, which means all of a sudden, Division Three track and field, swimming, nationals, Regular games, yeah, they're going to go bye-byes once the NCAA cancels their biggest moneymaker of the year. Um, yeah. And then, you know, you go into, okay, what do we do about work? Are people going to get paid or not? Are people going to do social distancing? Okay, never mind, just kidding. We're going to send everybody home and work remotely. And this is all happening every, every six hours. 
there's a new strategy yeah. to combat whatever announcement has come out next from a governor or a senator or a mayor or the president or whomever, the CDC. And every time you think you have your head around what you're going to do to be quasi-normal, work-wise or otherwise, they shut something else down. And rightfully so, P.S. They definitely should. Well, that's, I, I believe, you know, we've talked about this a lot. We all have. Um, I believe that's why they're doing it the way they're doing it, because if they went straight to the red button yeah. where everybody shut down shelter in place, then everyone would freak the F out. Right. And the days. So what they do is like there, there's a calculated risk there where they're like, look, like more people are going to suffer because of this, but less people are going to suffer. Like they just find the balance where they're like, okay, no um, gatherings over 250 people. No this, no this, no this, until suddenly you get used to it a little bit at a time, and then they'll be like, bam, stay in your house. Right. That's um, fair. And you can, it'll be, all we have to do to see where this is going is look at Italy. Yep. Yeah. That's it. And they are, they're like two weeks ahead of us. Our numbers remain a uh, similar trajectory. Um, now they they have an older population, but yeah. they also have more more beds per citizen. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think that like Italy, what's going to happen is the places that were slow to react will um, have more suffering and death and preventable deaths, and the places that were quick to respond with strong straight state government and strong medical systems are going to weather the storm better and. Um, and it's going to be a while before we can feel like this is in our rearview mirror. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, we're going to be out of money in a month in my house, okay? Yeah, So yeah. that's yeah. the tidal wave that's going to – and we're probably three weeks ahead of most people. I was going to say a lot of people are living week to week. <laughs> um, so, like, that's your tidal wave of destruction. And then in our – our, our society as it stands, those with capital are going to come in and pluck everything. But that's another pod entirely. <laughs> yeah, that's, that'll be the aftermath pod. Because, because you know, okay. you're, you're, you've got a standing invite, not only for Friday afternoons, but at all times. I can't think of a better person to call. Jeremy, let me tell you what, what, my, what my wife did tonight. So there's a place here in Southie called the Sea Point. It's been open for like... A hundred years? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, they do a great corned beef and cabbage on St. Patrick's Day, but they only have to-go service. Great. So Cindy decided to go over there, give them a little takeout business, and leave a, you know, a nice tip. But we're we're reduced to corned beef and cabbage out of a styrofoam box, which is better (laughs) than 99% of the people out there right now. But... Somehow that's very Irish of you, you know, just really lowbrow um, yep. materials, yeah. really lowbrow ingredients, my, delicious. My, my, yeah, exactly. You're, you're a food guy. My favorite part is Sydney's like, it's just, it's just so delicious. And I'm like, because it's bathed in salt. She's like, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Beef, ca- salt, and thyme. The carrots you know? are like 7,000 calorie carrots because they're just made of <laughs> butter. And I was going to put the styrofoam back in the fridge to save it for tomorrow. And I had a little bit of Kimbo, like not at a 90 degree angle. And Cindy's like, you're losing juice out of the side. And I'm like, well, why would it have juice? And it's because it's just like a butter, like a butter meld. It's so, you know, it's a delectable delight to use some alliteration. And uh, shout out to the Seaport. Once a year, you deserve it. Exactly. But it was really sad, literally driving through Southie. I'm looking at Touchy's Shamrock Pub two blocks away right now. The lights are off. It is what it is. Mayor Marty Walsh just 
came on local television. He's gonna he's breaking some news. We're not gonna be able to hear it because we're doing a podcast. But if we get anything on here, we'll let it know. It's more things are gonna be closed. I mean, this yeah. is what it's gonna be. It's just That's I'll tell you one thing. I I you know I'm allergic to our president's uh, audio and video. I can't watch or listen to him yeah, without having a visceral reaction. There are people in that category. And um, but like you know. I've listened, I've watched Newsom, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, and Eric Garcetti, the the mayor of uh, Los Angeles. I've watched them speak uh, several times recently, and it's given me some confidence. And I've also listened to some of the Massachusetts, um, you know, government stuff. And Massachusetts and California, even though they're, they're, they're wildly different places and wildly different locations, they do share some similarities and um, one of those things is a, is a relatively strong institutional system of government that's well prepared for disaster. Yeah. Um, a pretty fair, um, well, California is a pretty fair medical community. Massachusetts has what is pretty much the the cream, you know, the jewel of the national system. And um, I bet you that when all the chips uh, come down, that they are going to weather it better per capita than other places, you know. We've been in largely in a, in a self-quarantine environment here already for several days. Mm. And I know that um, there are some people that were still going out. Well, now restaurants are closed and bars and nightclubs are closed for in for dining in. Actually, I think restaurants might still be open, but only for it's like... Takeout like, only. Yeah, exactly. Well, they, But they're like, I think they have to be like half the tables as normal or something like that. Or that may have already been rescinded. But, you know... Um, these places that think the government is evil and that think that, you know, that we should all go out and support our mom and pop businesses, um, they're led by sycophants and cowards and, and criminals. They are going to suffer and good people are going to die. And um, good people are going to die here, too. But, you know, what, what can you do? You know, you got you got to just like get through today and you got to lock your door and make some soup, man. Yep. Make some soup. One day at a time. Fake band name like, of the week. Make some soup. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how it's all going to shake out. And if I try to run through every situation, every scenario, I get frozen in anxiety and feel like I have fingers on the inside of my chest. Oh, so, wow. That's a really well, that's a hell of an analogy. What, what is the description? Say analogy. You, got me, you got me speechless on the first time ever on the pod, Jeremy. That was just well, well said. Unfortunately, what you were talking about, but well said. Well, it just, you know, it, so, like, you try to just, like, I just try to be, like, all right, you know, one thing at a time, like, I can't, I can't, like, I can't do it all, but I can do this, and uh, take best precautions, and try and get through this, and, you know, there's going to be steps are going to have to be taken, there's going to be some plans and some relief in place, and none of it will probably be enough, but there'll be something, and next thing you know, it's going to be June, and we're going to have a new mentality. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely, the, the difference between this and like a 9-11 though is like, you know, 9-11, um, it kind of happened, and obviously people were afraid it might happen again, and a lot of things have never gotten the same, but like this is continuing to get worse every day. You know, like 9-11, like there was the fear of it happening again and there was the anxiety of 
the cleanup of those buildings. But it's like the worst happened right the, off the The worst bat. happened on day one. Yep. This is like, oh, it's not that bad. People are making jokes about it. Oh, wait, right. it's a friggin' pandemic. And oh, let's still make jokes about it because I'm young. I can go out. And then it's like, well, your grandmother's going to die because of you. Thanks. And, well, and then, like also already knowing and what now happened we, in right. China and Italy. And now we get it. Like, oh, Italy and China are like America. Human beings get this disease. And then it's like, oh, now it's too late. And But, but, but it still gets worse every day. There's 200 and something cases in Massachusetts today. There's 100 and something yesterday. But we're, exactly. But like we're, we're, well, but we're, but we're helping the curve. But we're people. like, what's that? We're testing more people. There was probably 600 right. yesterday. Yeah, I Good mean, point. Good I, point. I think it's important not to get freaked out by the number of cases increasing because that's actually meaning that we're getting better. More people tested. More people yeah. tested. You, you're a nurse practitioner, Cindy? Yeah. Yes. Is that what it is? Yep. Yeah. You work at Mass General? I do. Oh, boy. Yeah. Man's greatest hospital. That's right. It's, so do you have, like, um, I know that UMass Worcester, which is the major trauma center in, um, in the central mass, my mother was a trauma ICU nurse there. Okay. She said they've already got two cases and that they're setting up uh, tents outside to um, start processing people as they come in. Um, are you guys taking, and they're also going to be setting up units and commandeering units to you know, to commit resources to as the flow increases. I assume that you guys have some sort of protocol oh, that yeah. you're in right now. Yeah, I mean, I get about 20 emails minimum a day about what protocol I should be taking. Um, yeah, I mean, we've completely reconfigured our emergency department. Um, we have a specific area where any suspicious cases will go directly into. Um, we have two whole floors cleared out for these patients. Um and there's a lot of testing. Um, I already know someone that has coronavirus. And, um, you know, it's not, not something to take lightly. I will say that. Fortunately, that person is doing okay. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it, it, that's just what it is. It's the variety of symptoms you can have and how quickly you know, that multiplies from one person to three people to 12 yeah. people to, uh, you know, step 15 is like 14 million Oof. if you look at that graphic. So in 15 right. steps, you go from one to 15, 14 million? Basically. Wow. Yeah. I wish my checking account grew by exponential growth. Yeah, or, or even the listenership of the filibuster freestyle, for God's <laughs> sake, is free, folks. So subscribe and tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs> Anything, really, yeah. but, you know... This is almost like, it's like, because it's new, and it's fascinating to me because, like, children are weathering it really well, I think, and I, I'm, I'm about to speculate on a scientific issue, so please jump in here, but everything is new to a child, except for whatever uh, immune system antibodies they get from their mother, basically. So, but, yeah. like, whereas, like, adults, I think they've, like, got, like, grooved-in responses to things, and then you get something new and your body can't handle it even though it's a coronavirus which we get there's like three variations of it in existence already right because it's a new dna strand or rna strand, RNA our, strand yeah. our system can't really weather it you know right that's um, they're calling it a novel you know coronavirus so that means we you know it's different than the flu like everyone has immunity against the flu whether you've had it or you get a flu shot there's no, there's zero immunity to this, and that's why it's so different. Yeah. 
Yeah, so like everybody's getting it once. It's like if a website launches on the on its first day and everybody wants to go to it, and it crashes, like everything everything breaks down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Not all these young yet. people that are out cheersing and licking toilet seats oh, and laughing yeah. about it, they're um, wait really, but they don't realize is Next. that yeah, it was a TikTok celebrity. It probably isn't a real thing other than that she did it on TikTok, but it just is a point that I'm making. Sure. But they don't realize is that. When the system starts to crack under the strain, you're going to have healthy 25-year-olds dying in hallways and parking lots because there is not a ventilator for them. And that's just the way it goes because we don't have enough material. We don't have enough people that understand how to run these machines. We don't have enough equipment. Uh, which is something that we should really consider buying, like a couple hundred thousand ventilators to have in, like a you know, cold storage in a mountain somewhere or something. Yeah. Because they seem to be pretty fucking important people. Yeah. Sorry. What do you- well, yes, I, they are trying to increase ventilator production and capacity. And I know when uh, I'm trying to remember what disaster it was. It might have been the um, shooting out in Las Vegas. They can Y-site the um, ventilator so two people can actually use it at once. Oh, wow. Which, infectious-wise, I don't know how that works with coronavirus, um, but that, you know, obviously is a possibility. But it's more about the protective... Hey, if you uh, both got it. Yeah, I know. Well, there you go. Right. Um, But I think it's more about the protective equipment for the medical personnel. There's already a huge shortage of it, and... Um, friends that I have that work in the inpatient world are having to reuse masks, reuse goggles, and none of that feels really great to them because you have to be really careful at how you're touching and putting right. on and taking off this equipment. Well, and the worst part is all the medical professionals are getting exposed and they haven't had it yet either, so then they'll be out of work. So not only are there not enough beds and not enough ventilators, there won't be enough caretakers. Right. It's wiping out exactly. departments. Yeah. And that's why systems, that's why the whole system breaks down. Right. Yeah. It doesn't matter that most people in a, in, a, in, a, in a normal environment, most people will survive and thrive be, with this, but it's the auxiliary and preventable deaths and the fact that yeah. people are still going to have strokes, people are right. still going to have heart attacks and aneurysms. People still crash their cars. People still, yeah. People are still going to fall off ladders. Yeah. And people still need cancer treatment. Yeah, system. people still have cancer and need treatment. People still need, you know, chemotherapy. Yeah. People still need, you know, all that. And if, every, if, if one in three employees isn't showing up for work because they're sick, that ain't good. And the other three aren't showing up because of... The other third is not showing up because they're on a furlough because they can't risk anybody being in the same place at the same time. Then the third that's there is getting overworked and, yeah, the system breaks. So that's a lot on coronavirus, COVID-19. We'll stop there. Can I just plug one more thing about oh, that? Yeah, of course. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I've got one more thing, too. I'd like oh, to end on a semi-positive <laughs> note. Good. Well, um, Mine is more of a, a caveat. I would encourage any listeners. Now, this isn't. this is like a little bit being debated, but... Stay away from Advil, stay away from Aleve, stay away from naproxen, all of these drugs that are non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. There is some conflicting evidence, but some evidence out of France is pointing to the fact that these patients taking this because you're having aches, because you're having fevers, um, that it's actually making people worse because it is uh, producing more of a of an enzyme that the coronavirus can latch onto mm. and invade your cell. 
So, so I, they can take Tylenol. People can take Tylenol, totally fine. They actually recommend that is a safer thing to do, just as long as you don't have liver disease. But I would just encourage people to stay away from all the Advil products at this point in time. Got it. Yeah. JJ, what do um, you have? Good job. All right. Now, what what is the some positive feeling here is that the biggest private forces of our life, all of these major tech companies that we're heavily involved in every day, are banding together to start using their forces, much like private industry did in World War II, where Ford was building tanks. Sure. Um, you know, Google, Facebook, Microsoft, Amazon, Amazon's logistical and supply chain. Like, that is all cranking up right now. So a lot of the, like, short-term problems that we're seeing in terms of what we feel like are food shortages and um, ancillary problems with supply are – there are a lot of really intelligent people working on them that don't work for our presidential administration. So that means that some of the extra problems here – for the people that are going to survive it, that have a lot of fear and panic about supply, um, that stuff, I think, is supply and information is going to be handled a lot better in the next week, I'd say. Good. Well, that's good to hear. So I can already see it from the grocery store today. I went to Whole Foods, owned by Amazon. Amazon's been way ahead of the curve. They were the first major company to ban um, unnecessary travel. Yeah. They clo- they closed all their public stuff. They started working from home first. Like, well, because they, they know all already, the information. They were already metering the amount of people that could enter the store at the same time, which they're doing in Italy. Yeah. They were, you know, they had like they had all sorts of protective measures in place regarding wiping things down and wipes and gloves and all that. They had plenty of food. Not the food that everybody wanted to buy, like pasta and beans, but they had plenty of food, and they're like getting new food every day, and like they just they're hiring like a hundred thousand temp workers. Right. So like the machines of our modern industry are cranking up right now. So that will also step into the medical community as like they work on like getting tests to people and getting PPE, personal protective equipment to people, and things of that nature too. Yeah. So. We might be able to meet this challenge a little bit better because we have Italy to look at. Yeah, it's certainly a nice test. No, I don't say nice test case, but they are two weeks ahead of us, so you can look into your future and maybe try to do a few things differently. Interesting you bring up Amazon, by the way, ramping up, because I drove you know, about 800 miles the last two days uh, up and down the East Coast, and, or really just up the East Coast, <laughs> and one out of every four trucks I saw was an Amazon truck. Oh, yeah. Not even close. Yeah. It was by far, the, by far the most frequently seen truck, and I was in a truck myself, so I noticed all the trucks. Yeah. I might be, I might be working for Amazon in a couple of weeks if production continues to stay down. Yep. I'll just go and say, all right, I can drive almost anything. Put me in something. It's a, it's a, it's a plug and play. Yeah, it's a plug and play thing. I don't have to be around people. I can still bring in some income for my family. Yeah, it works out for everybody. I can let the film community get back because we can't make movies and TV shows without being around each other. Correct. Definitely. So So. you you mentioned plug and play. I'm going to switch things up real quick here. So speaking of plug and play, Tom Brady's gone. 20 20 years. Nice one, Gal. 20 years in a row. And by the way, Cindy brought up France a minute ago. France, number one listening place. Number three place. 
Mapato, Maputo, Mozambique, another French-speaking place. So to all the Francophiles who are listening to this and all the French speakers, we are very sorry, Francophonics, if you will, that we're going to talk about American football now. But Tom Brady announces today, St. Patrick's Day, in the middle, in the middle of the non-sports desert that has become the last week and a half. Jeremy, so many angles to analyze this from. I start with the timing of it is great for us to have a little bit of a distraction, but pretty brutal for the news if you're a Patriots fan. I think it might have been his final gift to us was fresh content. Maybe. He certainly, uh, he certainly went to the top of the list. I'll tell you what. I'm never going to forget you, Tim. I swear. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the memories. Thank you for the memories, Tim. I love you. Tim Brody, uh, a legend. Tim Brody, best quarterback of all time. Number 13, Tim Brody. Oh, seven uh, Super Bowls. Amazing. The GOAT. I, you know, I, I mean, I just, I've been preparing myself for this for years. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. not shocked. I'm not surprised. I knew what the numbers were. I knew what the Patriots' salary cap situation was. I knew how much money it was going to cost to keep him, plus the dead cap money on top of it. Yep. And I followed the news just like, you know, everybody else day to day, the Brady mania. And I was just like, it's just not going to happen unless he gives an act of charity to the New England Patriots and comes back for an absurdly low dollar amount. Right. Cindy, where are you feeling on this? I know you're a big Tom Brady fan. Clearly, we're all fans, but I think you're just a big fan of him. Were you shocked today? Where are you at? I think in my heart of hearts, I knew he was leaving. Yeah. And I think with all the time that he took to make the announcement, it became clearer that he was leaving. Because why would he... It was becoming a distraction. Yeah. Why would he leave us in all this suspense? And he's clearly trying to hype up his career for this next chapter. Totally. So are you okay with it? I don't, I don't know. I have so, it's just like such a weird time. It's almost like I see it on my newsfeed and I'm like, oh shoot. Yeah, that's right. It, it's just, yeah. it just feels a little trivial to me right now. Totally. Yeah. Um, I'm sad and I don't know that it's the best move for him, but like we all had to let him go eventually. So, right. so be it. Well, better a year too early than a year too late has been the Patriot motto. Yeah. Jeremy, where are you on it, man? It sounds like you and like you, you already alluded to it. You've been preparing for this day, and so have I, and a lot of us for years. Well, but, but like, where are yeah, you in like, terms of this? Like, we're on lockdown. Like, who gives a crap? Right. <laughs> but like, on the other hand, like, it just we had a great run. Yeah. But like, it's the the amount of ingredients it's going to take to make the pizza that Tom Brady needs to serve us the Super Bowl. We don't have the we don't have the bullets. We don't have the ingredients. Yeah. We don't have the financial flexibility that we've always had. We don't have the weapons. Like there's no magic formula out there. The magic formula for the New England Patriots is to have a cheap quarterback and to rebuild right now. Yeah. They kept they kept the thing going for twenty years, yeah. man. It's like with the loss of the draft picks from the Deflate Gate fiasco and with the you know, with some bad drafts in there and with some, yeah. some free agent signings that were like, we were just, we kept getting like cheap, perfectly fit veterans, yeah. like that were like trying to rebound their career. And they just ran out of 
gas. Like, who are we going to get in there? They have no money, man. They, they yeah. have no money to play with. Right. Well, here's the thing, too. And your point's well taken about who cares we're on lockdown. But, again, it's fresh content finally out of the world of sports for the first time in, like, nine days, six days. Feels like nine days. Yeah. But, yeah. but, like, you're right. I, I've heard Belichick wants a mobile quarterback because, like – Yes, you could build the perfect situation around Tom. You still can. Not the Patriots, but somebody can. Or you can get, I mean, he made Matt Castle look like a genius. He made Jacoby Brissett look very good. He made Jimmy look like Joe Montana and Tom Brady put together. Now people are talking about Jimmy's not even good enough to start for the Niners. Like, the I'm actually psyched to see this. Like, I'm not psyched for Tom to be gone, but, like, I'm psyched to see if we like they really are that magical because now it is the story is does Brady get a situation where he can actually get one without Bill or does Bill prove that really he is Tom was a very good quarterback who I made into a Hall of Famer not Tom was a Hall of Famer who made me into a Hall of Fame coach and they are both going to be in FU mode and that is awesome because I'll be happy for Tom if he wins another one. Like, I was happy for Ray Bork back in the pathetic days of Boston sports. Because he's a Boston God, legend. He threw a parade for yeah. Ray. He was a I Boston mean, we legend. So he was a Boston legend, and we had no, no winning and no business winning, and we got on his coattails with the Colorado Avalanche. I we would, make fun of the Colts for hanging a divisional round banner. Like, we threw a parade for a guy who won with another team. Fair, but the Colts had... Literally won yeah. a Super Bowl. Anyway, well, because my, we but, are us and they are them, so they're stupid and we're we've got reasons. But like, no, no, no. I don't want to want to talk about Ray Bork or the Colts. I want to talk about no. the fact that I want to see if Bill can do this. I don't even care if they don't do it. I just we get to see it now. So they both hey. they both get the what they want. They both feel like they've been incredibly successful together. They got married for business reasons. And the kids graduated from college, and it's time to empty the house. And they both want to go be go Swingers Island or whatever they want to do, and prove that <laughs> prove that the other person wasn't the reason they're successful. And I'm here for it. Let's go. Let's let's see who does it. Yeah, you you make some good points. It's true. I think that if Tom, you know, as the teams stand right now, if football is truly football and winning is truly the most important thing to him, yep. I bet she goes to Tampa Bay. Uh, but like you never know, like Indy could come off the top rope. Denver, nobody talks about Denver. That might be a great landing oh, place. Denver for him. would be such an fu. Um, San Diego would be like a really that would show that it's not about the football; it's about the marketing. <laughs> I like how you live in Los Angeles and you still call them San Diego, proving the, uh, proving that they shouldn't they shouldn't be playing in Carson, <laughs> California, because well, nobody they, cares. They they move into the stadium this year. It's almost done. I just saw it the other day. Nice. I'm sure um, it's beautiful. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, not San Diego, sadly. But, uh, but it should you be. You know, like, it should be. And hopefully one day soon it will be. But, and in terms of the Patriots, like, there's a million ways to win a football game. And Bill Belichick's done all of them. He's won and lost every single way there is to win. And, you know, you just, you get a plucky team. And it's... It's not that I've been bored watching excellence. I've no, not. Never. But, like, we all kind of know the formula by now. We've had 20 years to figure out what it is. And it's like, you know, going into the season, I was like, man, without a tight end, they're just going to cover Jules. Right. And, they're, you know, maybe the defense can carry him. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's like I already knew. Like, it's like then you get AB and you get that whole thing. But it's like, 
we already know what Tom needs to survive and thrive in that offense. And when you get a new quarterback, somebody with, um, you know, without so many ingrained habits and tendencies, you can actually like yeah. see like, hey, what you know? Let's live a little dangerously. Yeah, what are the rules? Let's throw some interceptions and let's lose some games, and the Bills are going to win the division, and the Dolphins are going to look pretty good, and everyone's going to have a parade of their own because the Patriots are, aren't going to be good, and I'm going to laugh at them because <laughs> we've had 20 years of like riding on everybody's shoulders. We've had parades. We've like everybody hates us because we've won so much, and now everyone's been waiting for two decades to take their shots at us. And our only responsibility to them is to just look them directly in the eye and laugh in their faces. Okay? <laughs> that's fair. And then when they win a game and they win a division, I'm like that's really cute. Congratulations. It's hard to win. I'm glad that you guys won some games. Yeah, I'm glad that you get to experience it. So. You think he's going to Tampa, which I, I think is interesting. Bruce Arians, good coach, got some good receivers. Um, you know, Tom will take care of the ball a lot better than Jameis did last year. Um, oh, my God. I mean, what do you have, like 32 turnovers? I think, yeah, I think he had like, four, like f- 40 touchdown passes and over 30 picks. So he was the trick-or-treat master. Oh, my God. Think about those numbers. Like, Tom is going to, like, with the MVP, man. Yeah, and honestly, yeah, I'm here for it. But also – yeah. I tweeted this out and tonight. And he's going to lose in the NFC Championship Yeah, game I tweeted something. this out tonight. No team that is hosting the Super Bowl has won the Super Bowl on their home field. Tampa Bay is hosting the Super Bowl next year. Uh, it's just too good. You can't write this stuff. Can't write it. What's, yeah. that, what's that Twitter handle of yours, anyway? The, the <laughs> new one is at filibusterfreestyle.com. Let's go, everybody. And all right, all right. Just while, check it. And while you're at it, give me a little at man cook good for Jeremy's food pictures on Instagram. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Plus, go I, on Instagram. I finally, I finally started with uh, some like quarantine pictures. I was like, <laughs> I was afraid to touch anything. I felt like I had like a straight jacket on. So, like, poor Chloe was trying to like cook with you know just everything going on, and Anya just freaking out. And <laughs> and uh, last night I put on some music, I made some soup, and like I was like, all right, I'm gonna start running this place. Hell. I wish I could run it all the time if I just wasn't at work 60 hours a week. So. Oh, here it goes. Jeremy, breaking news. ESPN expect, uh, says Brady is expected to sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, it's just too it's too good of a situation. I can't wait to see what kind of money they give him. So let me ask you guys this before we go. I'm sorry. I know we're going along here, but who do the Patriots go with next year? Who, who would you like to see them go with, all things being equal? Besides Tom Brady. <laughs> it's going to be... Jared Stidham and Cody Kessler and some kid they draft or some retread cheap veteran. Well, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Is what, what retread cheap veteran would you like to see? None of them. Go with the kid. <laughs> Go with the kid? Okay. Go with the kid. See what he's got. Yeah. What, I mean, what, we're going to house money for a year. They're, they, they're reinforcing the offensive line. They, they're reinforcing the defensive secondary. Secondary. You know, they'll probably like build up the running game. Like, yeah. let's just let's go old school football, win seven games, and let's let's talk about how we can build on this guy. Here's the thing, though, with when you have a cheap quarterback, if they're competent at all, and you then have the freedom to build around them with all kinds of money, with the coaching staff the Patriots have, I'll take my chances in two years. Yeah, 
Exactly. You know, maybe Stidham sucks and they got to roll the dice again. But if you build a team around a, a cheap quarterback position, then you can like, you can say, all right, we're going for it. And they, they reshuffle some contracts and they pay some money for a proven veteran guy. And they, they go on like a three-year run and we figure it out afterwards. And by the way, three-year runs are like a really normal, lucky window in the NFL for any other team. Right? So like... Right. So, like, we got to get used to that again, folks. What do you we guys say? We went to nine Super Bowls. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who would the options be for any of the oldies? I mean, the aforementioned Jameis Winston. <laughs> okay, no. Teddy Bridgewater. Okay. Huh? Um, Phillip Rivers. <laughs> he already, he's signing with the Colts. Phillip Rivers is going to the Colts? Yeah, he signed a one-year deal with the Colts. Oh, okay. Phillip Rivers not on the table. <clears throat> there you um, go. Thank God. Yeah, it wouldn't, yeah. It wouldn't go very. No, it, it'll be. I would actually look, like to have heard his uh, on-field's antics. <laughs> antics. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't <laughs> mind a little Case Keenum for a year. See if we can go eleven and five with Case Keenum. Yeah. Is Andy uh, Dalton on? Andy Dalton's. Andy Dalton's looking for a job. Hey, Dalton. <laughs> that would be yeah. something. Red Rocket. Listen, if Marvin Lewis can get to the playoffs with Andy Dalton, the Patriots might go fifteen and one with Andy Dalton. I'm just uh, saying. The, v- the Viano brothers are so fired up for a ginger at quarterback. <laughs> that would be amazing. Listen, as somebody who doesn't get mistaken for a ginger anymore because I have white hair, but who identifies <laughs> as a ginger, yeah, I'd be pretty excited about that. <laughs> Are you are you Prince Harry's older brother? <laughs> yeah, I, I you know he has more hair. I, I have yeah. more hair. Yeah, yeah, you have more hair. Harry's hair is yeah. still red. My hair is more abundant. Sure. <laughs> Take that, your highness, or, or whatever uh, it is now. All right, JJ, stick around for a second. We will catch you up. That's a lot of free content on a night when Southie is closed and when the only sports story in the world happens to be near and dear to our hearts. But the big story, unfortunately, is a gosh darn pandemic. What the hell? This felt therapeutic. Yeah. Thanks, Gav. Yeah, thank you yeah. guys for coming on. It's good to have some, some expertise from coast to coast. Filibusterfreestyle.com. For God's sake, subscribe to the podcast. Deezer. You're not doing anything else. Deezer. <laughs> to my French fans who are just... Jeremy, I'm not going to tell... I'm going to tell you off, offline. The numbers coming out of France during, during their lockdown have only gotten better for the freestyle. So... I just oh, want to. You gotta, you gotta get Chloe on for her fra- Francophile um, episode. Well, the good this news week. is I'm transitioning to working from uh, remotely starting Monday, so I'm gonna have some some two hours a day that I'm not in the car that I'll be able to record podcasts with your wife, hopefully in some French. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Fantastic. Plus, Westworld's back. I'm not gonna watch it, but the last time I talked to her, oh no, we talked about Big Little Lies. Sorry, this is. Now a terrible post-show meeting that's being live on the air. Okay, everybody, <laughs> subscribe to the pod. Have a great day. Please wash your hands. For gosh sake, stay six feet away from each other. And we'll see you on the other side. Jeremy, thank you, buddy. Thank you. City, thank you. Thanks.